Guten Morgen. Welcome back to On the Left Side. That's all the German I know. A different type of football podcast. This is the podcast that takes a sideways look at the world of football. It's less video replays and statistical analysis and more. Falling asleep on the sofa watching Match of the Day in your pants after a few too many beers. Let's do it. Something weird is going on with 2016. Look, can we just start the whole year again? Give us back David Bowie, reanimate Terry Wogan and pop Leicester City back into the relegation zone and we'll just pretend that none of this ever happened, yeah? That's how it was supposed to be. The Foxes at the bottom of the pile. But during the last seven days, there seems to have been the slow realisation from everyone in football that the Premier League trophy could well be heading to the King Power Stadium at the end of the season. Even Claudio Ranieri, in his own special way, is starting to believe the hype. We have to try now. Why not? Why not? We have to try. Jamie Vardy is again at the centre of the success as he scored an absolute worldie midweek against Liverpool. And just listen to how impartial the BBC remained in their local radio commentary when they witnessed the very special goal firsthand. Vardy volley! It's absolutely glorious. But as close as the Foxes edge to Premier League glory, there is always someone who takes it that little bit too far. And that someone on this occasion is Hollywood. There are rather heavy-looking rumours flying around that movie bigwigs are planning to make a film of Jamie Vardy's life. Zac Efron, Robert Patterson and One Direction star Louis Tomlinson are all lined up to play the lead role, apparently. And we can only assume that if Louis Tomlinson gets the nod, it won't be shot in 3D, it will be shot in 1D. It's looking like it could happen. There's even a producer attached to the project, and it's the fella who made the goal films. He's been spotted chatting to Vardy's agent and watching Leicester City. And I say, why not? If you can make a film that's essentially looking around Cristiano Ronaldo's house, then why not a film about Jamie Vardy's life? Just think about the exotic locations, the retail parks of Halifax, the fishing port of Fleetwood, and the um, the retail parks of Leicester. A plucky young non-league footballer overcomes the odds and a terrible cornrow haircut to become one of the hottest names in football. You'd have the iconic moment when Vardy breaks the Premier League scoring record. Against the odds, he triumphs. He's notched up 10 goals in 10 games, overcoming massive oppositions, overcoming doubters, overcoming injury, to achieve something that no player has ever done before. The crowd are on their feet. They're singing his name. The emotion is almost unbearable. Then, up steps our hero with an amazing, with a rousing, iconic, Hollywood-esque speech. Obviously, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Olia, but um, the gaffer just said that he's going to put some beers on the coach in the plane. Bloody hell. It's like Braveheart all over again. 
but don't get too excited just yet. There is still one stumbling block to Vardy's antics hitting the silver screen, and that stumbling block is demonstrated by Hollywood superstar Will Ferrell. This is why language is so important. Jamie Vardy is having a party. I think that's a euphemism for having an erection. I don't know about you, but I just got a new phrase for my vocabulary. Disappointingly for pundits everywhere who were banking on at least half a season of pure speculation, it's been revealed where Pep Guardiola will be spending next season. And he's off to Manchester City. Yep, with City having lost a massive two games in the last dozen, heading to the final of the Capital One Cup, into the last 16 of the Champions League, the fifth round of the FA Cup, and in with a pretty decent shout of winning the Premier League trophy, it's no surprise at all that the bigwigs at the Etihad Stadium decided it was definitely time for a change. So it's Pellegrini out and Pep in, and he has wasted no time in fitting into the outdated attitude of English football. He's been getting a bit worked up with accusations in Germany that the forthcoming City job could get in the way of his managerial responsibilities at Bayern Munich. And he hit back. I am like a woman. I can multitask. I can control both situations. I can think about both situations. It's not a problem. Yep, Pep Guardiola says he can multitask just like a woman. If this was a less enlightened, less PC time, I could probably make a joke a bit like this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Did you hear that Guardiola saying he can multitask like a woman? What's that mean, eh? Is he going to manage the team, clean the kit, and cook dinner? Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'll be here all week. One thing I oh, excuse me. One, <clears throat> one thing I can't make up my mind on is Manuel Pellegrini. Should I feel sorry for the current city manager that he's losing his job for no good reason? On one hand, I'm sure he's getting a financial payout that could see him hire Cristiano Ronaldo to forever serve crisps in his palatial mansion. But on the other hand, whenever I hear him speak, it sounds like a relationship splitting up where one partner's just not that into it anymore. No, my future is my present. My present, I try to win the next game. I'm not thinking about the future because I never do it. Come on, Manuel. Let's have a hug. There you go, mate. There you go. The potential arrival of Pep Guardiola for footballing reasons was the reaction of City's Manchester rivals. United fans were convinced that the Baldy one would be making an appearance to replace LVG at Old Trafford. And at that point, he was 100% the right man for that job. For me, it makes perfect sense for us to go to Pep Guardiola now and take us to that next level. Pep Guardiola won everything that there is to win. Clearly one of the top coaches in the world. That's the boys from United. United fancast full-time devils and obviously when the news broke that Pep was going to City they were bound to be disappointed. He brings no guarantee of success. There's a lot of question marks and a lot of holes in Pep Guardiola. I don't get a good feeling about him and I'm not that bothered that he's not come to United. Yeah and well he smells and um, he's got a silly face and yeah we, we didn't want him anyway. Nice one boys. You really styled that one out. So 
So the transfer window is all done and dusted, and there were even some players who didn't move to the Chinese league, which was nice. Amazingly, despite a very boring deadline day, January deals took spending in the Premier League to over £1 billion this season, which is the kind of cash that usually only gets muttered by Bond villains making unreasonable demands to stop them blowing up a major city. $1 billion. I did, however, enjoy watching the transfer of Sunderland striker Stephen Fletcher to former European champions Marseille, which at least means there'll be one Scot playing in France this summer. Mainly, I enjoyed it because of the reason Big Sam Allardyce gave for letting the striker go. I didn't want him hanging around, moping and groping and, and feeling sorry for himself. It's a real insight into the attitude of a Premier League footballer moping about like he's some kind of teenager who's just been asked to tidy his room. That is so unfair, I hate you! Personally, I don't think I'd find it possible to mope about when I was picking up 30 grand a week for playing football. In fact, I think I'd find it impossible not to skip around with a bloody great grin on my face. Anyway, it was a fletulous Sunderland who travelled to Anfield this weekend to take on Liverpool, and it was an Anfield with a significant number of more red seats on show after the fans staged a massive walkout protest to the club's new ticket prices. The Reds are asking for a whopping £77 for a seat in their main stand next season. To show their displeasure, the fans left the ground in the 77th minute, which means they missed around £11 worth of football with the new pricing plan. those fans won't be too gutted about missing the last 13 minutes of the game because that's all it took them to surrender their two-goal lead and finish the game 2-2, leading some people to ask whether goalkeeper Simon Mignolet was also part of the 77-minute walkout. That's almost it for this week, but before we go, can we please be upstanding for Troy Deeney? The Watford captain was amazingly honest when he was asked about an incident between a teammate and Chelsea pantomime villain Diego Costa, saying this. To be fair, to say it's just handbags between everyone and the age that we live in, everyone pushes, everyone rolls around and it's, I don't really like it personally and uh, be having a word with Paredes on our side. Maybe this is a turning point. Maybe finally we're going to stop seeing footballers rolling around, clutching their faces when they've been tapped on the ankle by the opposition but probably not if this moment can make the game just that little bit more honest surely that can't be a bad thing instead of a player describing their move to China as a great opportunity they can just say they're there for the money instead of a manager claiming a decision could have gone either way they could just say me we're a bit lucky there lads and when John Terry says he's leaving Chelsea on a high what he could actually say is he wants to leave Chelsea with his teammates wives that is your lot of On The Left Side podcast for the week. Have you hit the subscribe button yet? No? Well, if you do, I can guarantee your team victory in their next game. Go, do it now. I'm off to put 10 quid on Leicester City winning the league and thus kickstarting their season falling completely to pieces. Because that is full time. Auf Wiedersehen! Oh, I did no more German. On the left side is a Paint Your Headphones production. Here's one for you. Two fellas, Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson, go into a pub and make a podcast. What a pair of c***s. Watch it again! Watch it again! And watch it again!